0: When a woman drives to her husband's workplace to pick him up, she has no idea she's about to be thrust into a world of international intrigue. And then we travel to a young boy's bedroom to meet a little three-year-old fella trying to get some sleep. However, it is hard to relax when you're being attacked by the green hand. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. There's actually some weird free snap going on up here. I'm wearing a jacket and two sweaters. I mean, I'm quite miserable if I may be honest, but... Someone who always makes it so I'm not super miserable. Walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now. Get your mouths open and ready to take a bite of our newest Patreon supporter, Moist Cheez-Its. Woohoo, yeah, come on in. Come on in to Dead Rabbit Command, and I'm going to eat you up. Actually, that's a disgusting combination. Cheez-Its are good, but moist ones are pretty gross. But <laughs> there's no insult against you, sir. You're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just helps. Sp- I'm so cold, <laughs> just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. My hands are in my pockets. My god, it's freezing. Moist Cheez-Its, what's the warmest vehicle? Moist Cheez-Its, I'm gonna go ahead and toss you the keys to the Rabbit rocket ship. I'm gonna be underneath the afterburner. Take us up, up and away. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. Fly us all the way out to Alberta, Canada flying around in the dead rabbit rocket ship we're headed out to alberta canada i think i was going through this personal's profile to see if i could figure out exactly where this took place a couple other people who were reading this story they zeroed in in alberta canada but it's really a major city if if it's not specifically alberta the person who posted this Their online profile is ABS, Z33RD. ABS said that this story takes place in a major city up in Canada. But ABS is a third party to this, so they're actually not um, part of the narrative. What we're going to do is we're going to look at the story of a woman named Sherry. These aren't their real names, but these are the names we'll use. Sherry, she's married to a man named John. Now, John's in his 50s, and for the past six years, they've been married. Sherry and John have been married. And when they got into this relationship, John had two adult children. They were both daughters, and they were in their 30s. So he has these two adult daughters. John meets Sherry. They fall in love. They get married. And both of his daughters marry as well. So you have this big extended family. And, you know, the family wondered, they thought it was odd that the daughters did not have children themselves. Like, now they're in this new relationship and they're not talking about having kids. Now, listen, that is a total personal decision. I know a lot of people who don't have kids for a variety of reasons, right? But, so, but you know, families talk. But Sherry, that's none of her business. Those, sure, those are her daughters, her stepdaughters. But, you know, she's not really sweating it too much. She's happily in love with John. She loves her stepkids. Everything's going great. Well, everything was going great for the past six years. But our story really starts Christmas 2022. And that's when John starts acting a little weird. He He was always just kind of a normal secular kind of guy. He never seemed overly religious, but when Christmas rolls around, he starts acting weird. All of a sudden, he refuses... Okay, okay, well, here's the thing. I'm not trying to insult any religions, right? I'm like, this guy turned out to be a big wackadoodle. He started believing in a particular religion. Not saying that, but around Christmas 2022, all of a sudden... Things change. John changes. He begins to refuse to work on Saturdays. He says Saturdays are a day of rest. He won't cook. He won't do any cooking. He won't do any chores. He just can do nothing on Saturdays. Which a lot of times you see... that I, I know that that is like Orthodox Jews... That's one of their things. They don't work at all on Saturday. That's the Sabbath in the Jewish faith. So, you can't there are all of these restrictions to what they can do on Saturdays. You're not supposed to do anything really. It's like I think anything that's more than a press of a button is considered work. I'm not saying that that I'm not saying that, I'm like, "What? That's a weird religious belief. I, I don't care about that." what's weird is that he went from zero to 60 like this guy was a secular he might have said he was pentecostal or something like that he might have held a religious belief like a lot of people do and then they just go to church on christmas and easter but he went from zero to 60 all of a sudden he's like hardcore i do not work on the sabbath and he didn't come out and say i'm jewish now He didn't convert or anything like that. He made, who knows why he's doing this? Who knows why he's deciding not to work on Saturdays? Like millions of other people. Again, I'm not saying that that's crazy. I'm saying that to go, it's crazy to have zero religious restrictions to all of a sudden, all of them, right? Okay, you guys can agree with me on that. He goes, all of a sudden he stops working on Saturdays. No cooking, no chores. He can only relax. And he immediately stopped celebrating Christmas. He's like, no more Christmas for me. And again, fine, whatever. But he also made it super miserable for everybody else. He's all kicking the Christmas tree over. He's smashing ornaments in the middle of the night. Right outside the bathroom door, so when you wake up to go to the bathroom, you step on broken glass. I don't know if he did I don't know if he actually became antagonistic towards Christmas. But he basically stopped celebrating it, and again, from zero to 60. The six or five previous Christmases this family spent together, they'd been together for six years. Now, all of a sudden, he doesn't celebrate it anymore. Now let's fast forward to January 6th, 2023. Sherry gets off work, and she sees John's car waiting for her in the parking lot. This is normal, right? I mean, that sounds super suspicious, that long pause. I'm all dun, dun, dun. She, that's normal. That's totally normal. He normally picks her up after work. She's like, oh, this is normal. And so she walked out to the car, and she hops in. Hey, John. And John's sitting there in the car in the driver's seat, and he has this binder on his lap. And he hands this binder to Sherry and goes, in this binder is divorce papers. They've all been filled out by a lawyer. All you need to do is sign them and we are now legally divorced. Sign them. She's like, what? He's like, I'm leaving you. Our marriage is over. I need you to sign these documents. Here's a pin. You need to sign them. Sign these documents. And she's obviously totally taken... Back by this she's like is this because of christmas is this because you didn't want christmas he goes just sign the paperwork we are getting a divorce i am leaving you sign the papers it's over and she's so taken off guard and he's putting so much pressure on her because he's like you got to sign him sign him sign him he's pressuring her into signing the papers he's playing ace of bases hit song i saw the sign he's like sign 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 she's like okay okay Okay, I'll sign them. Like she's totally doesn't know what else to do. She's in shock. And she signs the paperwork in the binder. And then John, once he sees that everything's signed, John gets out of the car and just walks away. And she's sitting there in the car and she's watching her husband of six years just leave. And she has this binder in her lap and she shuts off the Ace of Base song and she goes, what in the world just happened? Like, I can't believe this. And she realizes that the keys are left in the car. So, I mean, obviously he wasn't planning on coming back. Keys are in the car and he also left his cell phone. She's like, what in the world? Like, is I, you would think it was a prank. You would think... It was a very famous, honey, we're getting a fake divorce prank that's so popular on TikTok. He left the keys in the car, he left his phone, and she drives home. She still has no idea what's going on. later on, she's looking through the paperwork that she signed, and John left her everything. The house... Is hers now. The car is hers now. But it also, the paperwork also was John giving her his motorcycles. He had these motorcycles that he had bought that were his. He was the only one who ever used them, apparently. They're now hers. Everything that he owned now belonged to her. And she's like, what in the world could have possibly happened? How how I, I, she doesn't get it. But it is, these are legal documents showing that everything, she owns everything now. Like it's a final divorce and he's not going to fight her for anything. And then she finds out, like probably in a day or two, she finds out that both of her stepdaughters on that same day presented their husbands with a binder. These are divorce papers. They've already been signed by a lawyer. You need to sign here. I'm leaving you. And all three of them have never been seen since. John and the two adult daughters on the same day divorced their spouses, left their spouses with everything, and completely vanished. obviously, this sounds like some sort of spy ring or some sort of cell, right? Some sort of sleeper cell in Canada. And they got their assignment changed. They had to leave. It's funny. A lot of people were like, because when, when Abs posted this, a lot of people were like, ah, that sounds like the plot of the uh, Black Widow movie from uh, Marvel Studios. Yeah, the reason why it seemed like the Black Widow movie is because the Black Widow movie was based on real events. (laughs) Not that there's actually a Black Widow running around, not that Iron Man's real. But the beginning of Black Widow, you find out that she was part of this Russian sleeper cell when she was like 13 years old that was in the United States and they get compromised and they have to flee. I actually like the Black Widow movie and I don't watch a lot of the Marvel stuff anymore. I did enjoy Black Widow. They they do this. They have these sleeper cells out there, and they will become unnoticeable, right? They want to blend in as much as possible. But we don't know. Like this story was updated for a couple days, and but again, Abs is kind of a, a secondary character to all of this. Abs just knows this story. Let me find the actual relationship here, real quick. I think they're just friends. Yeah. So a close friend, they, they, Ab starts off by saying a close friend just had a very weird event take place in his family. And we, his friends, are trying to figure out what happened. My friend has an aunt. So we have basically third or really a fourth place character in this. This type of stuff does happen. There's actually a big controversy. I'll put the article in the show notes. I thought about covering it on the show. I've just never gotten around to it. In Britain. There, There's a huge lawsuit because you had an environmental group. Environmental groups are always infiltrated by government forces. It's super weird. You think they're just out there planting daisies and telling people, you know, don't use cars. You know, watch your oil, people. You know, peak oil, all that stuff. Uh, a lot of them are like that. Other ones are blowing up, <laughs> blowing up uh, construction sites and putting spikes in trees. So when you try to chainsaw them down, your chainsaw breaks. At the least, at the most, the chainsaw breaks and then kills the person using it. But what it's so interesting whether or not they're kind of like the peace hippie, kind of like, climate change, climate change is bad. Or uh, how, how much for these explosives good, sir? I'm going to destroy this Dow chemical plant. The government always infiltrates environmental groups. It's super weird. The government hates them always keeping tabs on them there was a big the big brouhaha it's probably about 20 years ago now i'll put the article in the show notes but you had a police investigator go undercover into an environmental organization and for his cover to be effective to totally blend in he ended up marrying one of the members of the environmental group and getting her pregnant And then when his assignment was over, he just disappeared. Like, the woman's like, oh, where's the father of my baby? We were together for a couple years. We have this baby. And then, if I remember correctly, he started another undercover assignment. And someone put two and two together and found out he worked for the police. And they sued. They go, you can't go around having babies with people just to not blow your cover. Like, that's that, that's immoral. At the very least, it should be illegal. But yeah, there was a big expose. I think The Guardian did a big write-up on it. It was like 20 years ago. I'll put that article in the show notes. But so this type of stuff does happen. You have people of these organizations, right? Spy organization. Spy organizations, if we're lucky, right? The other thing is that if it was a group of terrorists see the dad and the daughters are most likely not related at all they move as a unit and they were in this area this uh, major canadian city maybe alberta for a period of what were they doing there were they surveilling stuff like it's crazy it's absolutely crazy story and it this is how they work this is how these groups work it's interesting because pre-internet you could get away with a bunch of this stuff. It'd be much easier to just pop in and out of communities because it would just be a mystery in that community. It'd really just be a mystery in that family. But nowadays, someone can go, uh, "Hey, hey, internet! Uh, here's a here's a weird one for you. Be on the lookout for a man and his two year thirty-year-old daughters moving into your city. Like now, it, like the police officer being caught with having the baby. Like now, able to you're able to match stuff against Facebook photos." You have a protest here with a bunch of people in it, and then you have a protest here with a bunch of people in it, and you're like, hey, that's my that's my missing husband and, and the father of my child in both of these environmental protest groups. Absolutely fascinating, and a mystery, too. People have said, well, I don't think divorce papers, you just can have a lawyer... I don't think a lawyer can pre-fill stuff out and bring it in. People have questioned some of the legal moves, but really, at the end of the day, because the person kept updating this, and they're like, listen... And I'm just a friend of the nephew of this story. But if someone did fill out paperwork saying you own everything and I'm leaving you and they have that site legally documented, then you could say, yeah, maybe the divorce isn't finalized, but they're gone. Like, what are you going to do? You can't serve them anyways. They're gone. That most likely wasn't his real name. Well, John definitely wasn't his real name. I made that up. But whatever name he gave. So this family most likely wasn't real. The kids probably weren't his. They were this group that was moving around. It is weird, too. Other people have said cult. Other people have said it was a cult. But cults, generally, they want all your stuff. They don't want you to give your stuff to somebody else. People were thinking it was a cult because all of a sudden he did that weird switch where he wasn't celebrating Christmas anymore and he uh, wouldn't work on Saturdays. But I don't know. The, they didn't say that the girl started acting like that. He could have been just doing that because he's like, it's been a long assignment. I've been a spy for a long time and I'm moving on. So I'm finally going to take <laughs> the agency gave him some time off. But they're like, you can only take it off on Saturdays. He's like, yes, sir. I don't know. Or it could have had some religious significance. We don't know. Anyways, a real life mystery going on. If you do. So basically be on the lookout. I'm issuing a bullo for a man in his if you see a man in his 50s with two 30 year olds stop them and say i heard about you on this podcast don't do that because it's possible they just shoot you in the street if these guys are spies then they'll let nothing get in their way not even you so don't do anything if you happen to see these guys just let them go but again what if they're terrorists that it would be crazy It'd be I still I, I would recommend not trying to stop them unless you're a federal agent Or I don't know. Maybe you work for the London Police and you got a bunch of illegitimate children out there, and then you could have your little army of uh, baby ninjas. Moist cheese. It's I'm gonna toss you the keys of the carpenter copter. Let's say goodbye to Alberta, Canada. We gotta shake these spies that are gonna be after us because we just exposed. Actually, not think about it. We did just expose a spy ring on a podcast. I don't know. No, they're definitely spies. There's no other thing that works. They were definitely spies. I don't think it was a cult. I don't think it was a coincidence. They're definitely working for someone. But, moist cheez-its, we are headed out from Alberta. Fly us all the way out to a little boy's bedroom. I imagine if those guys wore massage... Because what I think a lot of people would think with the... Not working on Saturday. Actually, I wonder if the Mossad, which is Israel's internal... They're basically their CIA, their spy group. I'm pretty sure they can work on Saturdays. I'm pretty sure that you wouldn't have a spy organization. Because there's like Orthodox Jews, and they're the ones who are super strict with the Saturday thing, with the Sabbath. And then you have Reform Judaism. And then there's a third one. I'm, I'm not... For sure, if what that one's called, or maybe there's not a third one, but I imagine there are obviously like if you're engaged in a firefight or if you're trying like the Israeli army, I'm sure they work on Saturdays. I don't think that it's the Mossad necessarily, but who knows? Who knows what's going on with that story? Anyways, but anyways, we're in this little boy's bedroom. And, I mean, when I say little boy, this kid is three years old. He didn't give his name. We're going to go ahead and call him Charlie. Online, he goes by the handle Confident ConfidentRutabaga23. But uh, we're just going to call you Charlie. Charlie is sleeping in his bedroom. He shares it with his older brother, and they're in a bunk bed. And Charlie, because he's three, gets the bottom bunk. Figure if you fall off a little bunk, you're just going to, like, smash your nose as opposed to permanent brain damage. He's sleeping on the bottom bunk, and he wakes up because somebody is tapping on his hand. Now, his hand is kind of like outside of the covers, slightly hanging off the bed. And he feels this tap, tap, tapping on the flesh of the back of his hand. His parents, they left the hallway light on as sort of a nightlight. For these brothers. The hall light is on. It's letting in enough light into the bedroom. That when Charlie looks over. To see who is tapping on his hand. Who at this point he is assuming. His brother. Is playing a trick. Or maybe even his father. He, He can't really figure it out. But he looks over. And in the light that's coming in from the hallway. He sees not who, but what is tapping on his hand. He sees a large, green, hairy hand. This is interesting because there's so much stuff going on with this visual. I know I kind of threw all those adjectives at you, but let's break it down. He said the hand itself was covered in black hair, but through the black hair you could see the skin of the hand was pea soup green it's kind of that pale watery green you could see that through the black hair and the hand also had short fingernails but the fingernails were also green and he could feel he could feel the skin Of this green hairy hand. It felt very dry. Very coarse skin. Touching his own. He begins to move his hand away. From this green hairy hand. Reaching out from underneath his bed. And at that moment. The green hairy hand seemed to make. What he described as the letter Y. In American Sign Language. Which to most of the world. Looks like the. Um. Shaka bro, like the um, hang 10 type of hand sign. Your pinky's extended and your thumb's extended out. He saw the hand kind of make that signal. And for whatever reason, it wasn't seeing the hand that freaked him out. It wasn't the hand touching him that freaked him out. When the When the hand made that symbol, Charlie shoved his hand underneath his pillow and began screaming at the top of his lungs. It's almost like it took him that long to finally make the connection that what he was looking at wasn't. It shouldn't exist. It definitely shouldn't exist under your bed, right? Charlie begins screaming. The parents run in. Charlie, this little three-year-old boy, starts going, there's a green hand, and he's reaching up, and he's touching me. And then he makes the why. He making the why Chuck a bro thing. And parents are trying to calm him down. And what's interesting, there's a couple interesting notes to this. That's not the end of the story, but that's the end of this one. This is going to unfurl very quickly. Is Charlie's father says, oh, that was me, Charlie. That was me. I was just pulling a joke. I'm sorry. I didn't think it would scare you. I, I crawled under your bed. And my skin turned green. And then I uh, somehow ran out of the room and then ran back in, and you didn't see me run out. But that was me, Charlie. Don't be afraid of that hand under your bed. It was just me. It was just a joke. I was just teasing you, buddy. Just ignore it. If you ever see that hand again, just ignore it. You know, obviously, Charlie isn't writing this as a three-year-old now. He's an adult. And he, he says, he goes, it's weird because I look back on that. It's really hard for me to contextualize as a child. And my father admitted to it, so I figured it was him. But, I mean, obviously it wasn't my dad. <laughs> obviously my dad doesn't have a big green hand. He wasn't able to fit under my bunk bed. He didn't run out of the room and run back in or anything like that. Uh, it, wasn't my, it wasn't my dad. He goes, I also think it's weird that I feel like the hand was trying to communicate with me. When he was throwing up in American Sign Language, he was trying to communicate with me. And I think, this is what Charlie was saying, he goes, I think that what happened was this hand saw my hand. You know, everything else was covered up by the blankets, but I had my hand there, had my hand out. And I think he thought I also was a disembodied hand. Now... Even though Charlie's dad said that was him underneath the bed with his hand. At the time, Charlie might have believed that, but as he grew older, he knew that that wasn't true because Charlie had just run into what's known as La Mano Peluda, which generally means the hairy hand. It is a very popular. How would you classify this? Boogeyman, cryptid, spirit? maybe um in uh spanish speaking countries it's very popular in mexico you will run into a bunch of accounts and when charlie posted this a bunch of people began sharing their stories their encounters with the green hairy hand you would have a ton of these what's interesting is some we covered a story we've actually covered multiple stories about disembodied hands and hairy hands. There were the hairy hands that would cause your car to veer off the road. That was an early episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. like That might have been in the 60s or the 70s. We've covered stories about hands tapping on bathroom windows and doing the finger gesture to try to lure people into other rooms. Disembodied hands seem to be... It's weird. I never really heard about them until I started uh, doing this show. It's not a super common paranormal phenomenon, but... It happens enough that in certain parts of the world, you have names for that phenomenon. And, you know, again, a lot of the stories that we cover, I don't know where they take place because they're just being posted online. For all I know, we know the British hands. That one's a famous one about that road. But it's possible these other stories we've covered about hands, maybe they've also taken place in Spanish-speaking countries. Talking about this one, the Green Hairy Hand or the Hairy Hand... Sometimes it's just a disembodied hand. It's not necessarily covered in hair. And Charlie actually says, you know, my dad said that he was the hand, and I guess I believed him at the time, but he had seen other... He goes, once I saw a green hand hanging out with other hands. He goes, listen, I'll be honest, this might have just been a series of nightmares... But he goes, I remember once seeing a green hand, a disembodied green hand, playing with a black hand and a white hand. He's like, okay, I don't know if that was real or not. (laughs) And that's fair to say, right? He goes, it could have just been a dream. But he did, though, often have dreams, nightmares. This definitely is a nightmare. Where... He would fall asleep, and then his nightmare would be disembodied hands tickling him. They would not only be tickling his feet, but they'd be tickling his hands. He'd have these disembodied hands tickling him, tickling his feet, tickling his ribcage, and then disembodied feet would show up as well, and then the disembodied hands and feet would try to suffocate him. And then he'd wake up. Now, I I don't understand how you could be suffocated by a foot, but I'm sure it's possible. I'm sure, like, what if the hands were tickling you so much and you're like, ha, 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 and then a foot just shoved itself right into your mouth. I know at least one of you guys statistically has a huge foot fetish. (laughs) And you're like, oh, man, that boy's nightmares are my dreams. I figured you could breathe through your nose. I guess then... Another severed foot could stick its fingers up your nose while you're still getting tickled. But anyways, forget, forget the science of suffocation. He would have these nightmares where hand, severed hands and feet were suffocating him. Or tickling him at first and then suffocating him to make it even worse. And then a lot of other people started posting to reply to him their own disembodied hand stories. This is crazy, crazy stuff. There was a 12-year-old girl who said one night she was sleeping and a green hand reached out from underneath her pillow and tried to grab her. I mean, that would be the sound of the girl jumping out of bed. Like, imagine if you were laying there in bed and then all of a sudden a hand came out from underneath your pillow. Tried to grab you. (laughs) The story I just told, I don't know why I repeated it. (laughs) Anyways. It would suck. It would definitely, you wouldn't get good night's sleep that night, or ever. <laughs> it wouldn't be the next night you're like, oh man, that sure was crazy, but I'm really tired tonight. I'm going to sleep in the same bed with the same pillow. I would just burn the bedroom down at a certain point. Yesterday's story, you had that woman wake up and there was a demon staring at her. I was like, demolish the house. I guess that's not true. You know, I do ghost hunts. This apartment's haunted and things like that. I'm not talking about blowing it up, but... If a green hand, re- I would at least get a new pillow, okay? <laughs> might not demolish the entire structure, but I'd get a new pillow. I'd sleep differently on the bed. Anyways, 12-year-old girl, green hand trying to grab her. You also had a story of a young boy. This is totally different person said, when he was a young boy, he was walking outside of his house, and a pale white severed hand grabbed him, and it's interesting you figure how strong can a severed hand be i mean i guess if it's a paranormal entity it doesn't matter if it's done it you know like lifting weights um you wonder how strong it can be this young boy got grabbed by a pale white severed hand and it began dragging him away pretty strong right Pretty strong to drag a kid away. Kid got free though. He's not. He didn't post that story from the void. He's like, "Hey, I'm in a uh, realm of e- hellish eternal torment. Let me tell you what uh, what's going on over here. I got dragged away by a pale white hand." He did get away. Going back to Charlie, he said that a cousin, a cousin of his, also had to deal with these severed hands. He said one day she was in the basement. And a severed green hand began chasing her up the stairs. You're like, (laughs) Jason, now it's Adam's family. Now that's a little less creepy than one reaching out from behind your pillow. But anyways, she's in the basement, and a severed green hand began chasing her up the stairs. And she had to slam the door on it. It almost got her, and she slammed the door. And then another, um, Charlie said, a close friend of mine had a cousin. Who late at night saw a green dismembered hand, severed hand, poking out of the closet, doing that coaxing motion with the finger to trying to get her to come to the closet. So green hands all around. I find it interesting. Let's go back to the one running up the, the stairs. I wonder if it was doing the finger thing like the thing from, is that what it's called or is it Cousin It or whatever? The hand from Adam's family. Go. Loo, loo, loo. I wonder if it was running up with its fingers or if it was just floating. Like the question about this hand. I got a lot of questions about the hand, honestly. But this uh, hand, is the, is the hand attached to another entity is my question. Was the hand floating up the stairs? Or was it running up on its fingertips? It's a pretty big detail to omit in the telling of the story. But again, Charlie's like, this happened to a cousin of mine. Because if, it, if it's running up on finger, it's, it would be less scary. Imagine this. Imagine you're walking down a dark hallway, and you turn around. Actually, now that I think about it, I don't know what would be scarier. If you're walking down a dark hallway, the light's all flickering. And you turn around, and there's a hand, a severed hand... On the ground, and it's, like, standing up on its fingers. And the fingers begin, like, it's walking towards you using its fingers. And you look down, and you're like, ah, that's scary. But would it be scarier if you're in the dark hallway, you turn around, and there's a severed hand just laying on the ground? Oh, wait, this would be scarier, too. Now i got another option. There's a, a severed hand laying on the ground, and it begins, like, inching towards you, like, it's using its fingers, and it gets a little bit closer. And then, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you're like Jason, I'm all doing it on the table, like you can watch it. What if it moved like a snail? So it's like pulling itself along the ground on its fingers, as opposed to walking on its fingers. Like it's like going squishity squish, like it's pulling itself along like uh, you know, like a, a snail or a slug. It's just kind of oozing around the ground. Or that's option two. Or what or there there's a hand floating there. There's a dismembered hand floating about chest level to you. And that starts chasing you. Like, there, clearly, the floating hand would be the most terrifying. Because it doesn't make sense. It would totally break your brain. If you saw a hand, well, if you saw a severed hand moving on its own, that would be weird. But if you saw it using some form of known locomotion, like using its fingers or sliding across the ground like a slug or a snail or a snake. Or a worm, the that, that would make sense. <laughs> it would make, you know what I mean. Like, it wouldn't make sense there's a severed hand moving, but you we understand the laws of locomotion. We understand that. But if it started just floating around in midair and then flying down the hole, First off, it'd be much faster if it was floating. But even if it floated slowly, that's scarier. So if you were running up the stairs and a hand was floating after... (laughs) you, Here's the thing. At the end of the day... (laughs) I guess they're all scary. I guess I guess anything chasing you, if you're being chased by a dandelion, that'd be terrifying. If you're being chased by anything that could hurt you, and a hand, definitely like hands were made to hurt other things. No one likes being chased down a dark hallway, doesn't matter what it is. So that's the story or stories about the green hairy hand, a boogeyman-esque creature. That terrifies children and really wants to steal them away. I think that's kind of the end result for a lot of these things. Beckoning a child into the closet, chasing them up the stairs, grabbing onto one of them and dragging them through the front yard. These are not the actions of an innocent person. You definitely, I'm pretty sure all of those are crimes if you did it just as a normal adult. And if you did it as a ghost hand or some sort of creature hand, or, like, that's interesting to even say, what is it, right? Is it a cryptid? Is it a demon? Is it something that can only manifest as a hand? Does it choose to manifest as a hand? It's f- fascinating take on the boogeyman legend. And, and the question is, is it real? On the one hand, all of these stories come from very young children. All right, three years old is pretty hard. It's a pretty young age to be the principal witness of a paranormal encounter. So on the one hand, you can dismiss a lot of it as overactive childhood imaginations or hearing a story from your cousin that's been exaggerated. It wasn't a whole hand chasing him up the stairs. It was only two fingers. But you know what I mean? Like Kids tend to exaggerate things. And even if someone tells a child the truth, their own imagination can add details to it. That makes it even more... Imaginary, so what is this? Is it a just the childhood nightmare of a, a urban legend passed from playground to playground? I do find a clue for determining that answer in the father's reaction to this whole thing. Remember when the little boy was yelled out that that hand was tapping on his own? The father came in, and he didn't tell the boy he was just dreaming. He didn't tell the boy that there's no such thing as monsters. He told the boy, it was me, child, it was me who was underneath your bed tapping on your hand. And what it tells me is the father believes in the existence of the green hairy hand. He doesn't deny that these things are real. He doesn't deny the sensation that his son felt. Right, He doesn't say it didn't happen, it was all in your head. He admits that, yes, something did reach out from underneath your bed. Something was tapping on your hand. He doesn't deny that. He says that, yes, those things happened, but it was me. It was not a monster. It was me. It was just a prank, bro. It was just a prank. And that makes me think that because the father didn't deny it, that he also believes in the existence of the green hairy hand. This is a story no longer limited to the minds of children, but even adults have to recognize the fact that something reached out from underneath that bunk bed. He can't deny the truth because he knows the green hairy hand exists. So imagine that father's terror, as even as he was consoling his child, saying, don't worry, son, it was just me, I was pulling a joke, go back to sleep, everything's okay. As the father was saying those things, he knew in the back of his mind, the green hairy hand had zeroed in on his own flesh and blood. And as that father shut the door to the boy's bedroom and walked back to his own, a chill must have gone up his spine. He knew he would now have to work overtime to keep his own sons safe. From a creature he may have met in his own childhood, from an entity he may have heard about from neighborhood. Friends, from a demon that to this day neither father nor son, nor anyone else who ever has encountered it, can explain exactly what it is. The green hairy hand is a mystery, but just because you can't explain the stories doesn't mean... They're just stories. Dead radio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash radio. TikTok is at deadrabberradio. Dead radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, I'm glad you listened to it today.